welcome back to the Four Fab Fatties podcast. My name is Alyssa, Maria, Allie, Rebecca, and we are so happy you are here today. We are a little worried about this topic. We do have a lot of feelings. Um, so I think we want to put a warning up front to all of our friends that no one at this table feels negative towards people who have chosen to use Ozambic for weight loss. Ozambic. Ozambic. No, that's how you say it. Say it again. Ozambic. 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 It's an E, not an A. I'm saying the same thing as you. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> we like the way you say it. Don't worry. Oh, no, you no, clearly no. don't. We think it's so cute. Ozambic. Okay, so the Ozambic craze. Go on. <laughs> um, that particular drug. <laughs> this is a serious conversation. It's very serious. Yeah, I think we just really want to put a warning up front to anyone that we're not here to shame any medical choices that you have made in your life. We are not we are not doctors. We are not experts. We're simply talking about this from multiple different points of view and feelings and lived experiences uh, and just overall trying to get a bunch of different points of view around this this huge craze. Um, that I think is really hard to navigate, yeah. uh, especially because it's become so mainstream that there are there are people who are not medical professionals who are prescribing this to people. Yeah, and that's just really harmful and dangerous. And I think I think that's what caused us to want to talk about this. Um, I know I have a lot of feelings and and I Same. and I put it down for us to talk about because uh I am someone who is currently medically prescribed Ozampic specifically it's <laughs> oh. amazing I'm so sorry Keep you gotta going. have a tough skin in this friendship group we're so sorry I don't know if you're gonna say sorry for laughing every time sorry. you say it okay wait say it one more time for me Ozampic Zem Zem is that what I'm saying wrong you're saying Zem What's the difference? <laughs> How? Okay, so if you were a Midwesterner, yeah. you'd say Ozampic. But I'm not. I'm a New Yorker. Right, well, so why are you saying Ozampic? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Ozempic. Ozempic. Yeah. Thank you. She did it. I am personally prescribed Ozampic. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. This is amazing. Um, this so and it's not, it is not for weight loss. My doctor actually specifically looked at me and said, I'm prescribing this medication for you because it will be the best medication on the market to help you with your A1C right now. However, a lot of people are using it for weight loss and I do not want you to listen to that. And that, you know, that's specifically for me really important with recovering from the eating disorder is like not focusing on the weight. Um, I am not type two diabetic. I am currently have a type three, um, diabetic diagnosis, which is why she felt like it was the right medication. Um, explain what type three is. Yeah. yeah I'd never heard about it prior. Yeah. To so type about. three, type three is, um, I'm currently diabetic. However, when I was in recovery, when I was actually like going to the hospitalization program and people were watching me eat my meals all day my cholesterol and my a1c and all my blood work was beautiful but when you lose that support right mm -hmm. i now have to figure out how to do all of that on my own and yeah. 
while recovery with support was like, you know, I was eating 100% of all my meals and meeting all the exchanges I need to, to make sure it counts as a meal or it's yeah. enough food to count as a meal and not a snack. Um, I, my blood work was really good, but then I have now transitioned home and I'm trying to learn how to hit 100% of my meal plan without all of the support. And some days don't look as great as others. And that is the ebb and flow of what recovery is. But because I got less consistent with my nutrition, mm -hmm. my blood work started to suffer. My cholesterol went up. My A1C got a little crazy. So um, the type three diagnosis is a right now diagnosis. It's not a long-term diagnosis. So she will not give me the long-term diagnosis until if my A1C, A1C excuse me, stays elevated when I'm hitting 100% of my meal plan again. Unless someone has listened to all of our episodes, they might not know much about your eating disorder. And I'm not sure how much you want to share, but the eating disorder is a restricted eating yes, disorder, Yes, restricted right? eating yeah. disorder. Yeah. So I was, I was not eating. Yeah. Um, and that's what made, that's what makes it hard to have all of your levels because you're not eating sometimes. Correct. Yes. So, so there, there are, <laughs> there are health repercussions when you are undernourished and, mm -hmm. and while I'm actively working to do better and to not need medication, I, I do need medication right now. And Ozempic is the medication that I need. Um, and I started taking it and that was really hard, especially because of the, the dialogue around fat people and diabetes. It was really hard yeah. for me. I felt like I was being punished, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, you, so now you're staying fat. So now you're going to have diabetes. It felt like a punishment to me. Um, and, and I think it's just because it's always been weaponized against me, right? Sure. Diabetes has been weaponized against fat people forever, Right. Yeah. Don't lose the weight. You're going to be diabetic, which is which is actually not true. Um, <laughs> diabetes is um, it is uh, genetic and it, it, it comes from family and genetics. So uh, it, it does not have to do with your weight, I would like to say. Um, <laughs> just just for the record. Um, We've been a little triggered. Right? We, you well, can't tell. This is what this is what's so crazy is I actually so I need this medication is what I'm getting at, right? And I'm trying to be really transparent about why I need the medication. And then I couldn't get it mm. because everyone is using it who doesn't necessarily need it. And now my problem is not with the people taking it. It's with the doctors prescribing it. Why are we prescribing medication for people that they don't need? Do you know why? Do you know why it works for weight loss? I think this is really important. It literally makes you lose your appetite. Yes. you sick. It doesn't do anything internally. All it does is make you feel nauseous and not want to eat food. So what we're saying. It doesn't do anything to your A1C, your blood sugar. No, I mean. It actually. So I actually read and take this with a grain of salt. So I read this morning, actually, I read, um, I read an article, um, with Jillian Michaels, oh, <laughs> um, but even Jillian Michaels, who has been terrorizing fat people for years, even Jillian Michaels is like, Hey guys, you probably shouldn't because 
we don't know the long-term effects of Ozempic, right? We we don't know. And there's so many people that are getting sick from Ozempic. Yes. That are, that are having these, these health complications because it does what it is. It, it is affecting the sugars in your body. Yeah. And so what you're... I just want to make sure we don't miss that part. Yes. Yeah. So your body is having to like metabolically catch up in other ways. So it's actually changing it's changing the way that your body works. It is changing your cholesterol. It's changing your, um, God, I can't remember exactly what she said. We can, we can link the article if we need to, but we'll find something that explains it from a different perspective. But it is, it is funny to me that Jillian Michaels, who again is not a friend of the fat community whatsoever. She is now so vocal about, Hey, this is not a good idea. Yeah, So it affects your glucose level. And if, and if you're not having, some kind of out of norm range of that where your body's producing too much response or too little, then what is it doing? Right. Like at that point it's not medically needed. Right. So, so this is the thing too. When you start taking Ozempic, Ozempic. I got, I didn't. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, didn't realize I needed to practice before. You will get a grade at the end of the podcast and we'll tell you how well you did. I hope so. I hope so. We love improvement. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No. So when I first started taking it, I was so sick. The symptoms were ridiculous. And for someone with a restrictive eating disorder, it is really hard and scary to know that you're skipping meals because you physically feel ill. Yeah. Right. So like a little bit of his mental spiral there too, Mm. but I was not good. I had the brain fog. I was shaking. I was sweating. I felt dizzy and nauseous. I couldn't get food down. Like the whole, it was not good. I of course reached out to my doctor um, who said to not take the next dose until all of those symptoms had passed. Mm. So it was it was more than a week. It probably was close to two weeks before I took the next dose. And each dose got better with symptoms. It was less it was less aggressive. Yeah. Um, and then you can't get your hands on the medication. Yeah. So here comes the holidays, and uh, I use I use Amazon to deliver my medicine. I keep getting emails from them being like, "Call us. There's an issue. There's an issue. There's an issue." And I'm like what's the issue? And they go, we can't deliver it to you in time. So I'm like, okay, when can you get it to me? And they were like, no, we, we, we can't. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, then what do I do? And they, they said, try a different pharmacy. So then I start calling around to all the pharmacies Mm -hmm. until I got this one woman at CVS, uh, and she was very snippy with me when I first got on the phone because I was like, I, I need, I need this medication. And she's like, no, I understand. Like they're, they're not making enough. And he said, no, I need you to understand. I'm not taking this cause it's a weight loss craze. Like I actually need this medication. And she completely changed her tone with me. Mm-hmm. She was like, I hear you. I, that is so frustrating. She was like, you can continue to call around, but she was like, none of us have it. We yeah. don't, we don't, we cannot get our hands on it. So then I had to go back to my doctor and say, hey, <laughs> this medication was working. We were seeing the improvement in my blood work, but hey, now I can't get my hands on it. Yeah. So. And that puts you in a really dangerous position, A, for your blood sugar levels, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and it's going to throw your whole ecosystem in your body oh. out of whack. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, do I have to go on a medication that's not as effective for me because of this? But even so, the other brands that aren't Ozempic but are similar, Monjaro, et cetera, those are getting outpaced too in terms of production yep. and such, right? Um, so that's a really scary thing to not be able to get medication that your body has become accustomed to. Well, yeah, and that your doctor's looking at you and say that you need this, yeah, right? You need. There is a difference 
between a doctor saying you need this for weight loss, right? And like, you need this for your A1C. But we also, I do think that we have to be kind of delicate there with the way that we say that because there are doctors and there are people that are looking at fat people and saying, you need, need this. Right. Correct. You right. need this. Because they're marketing it that way. They're marketing right. it as this miracle drug that is, I, I did see early in the uh, Ozempic craze, I did see this one article that very much alluded to it being the end of obesity forever. I mean, obesity, because that, I yeah, hate that, that term. term. That's just a stupid term. But um, it's like literally touted as like, oh, we can get rid of fat people forever. Like, are we that horrible to like to have to look at? Like, we, we can, can get watch rid of our eugenics related type rhetoric around that. Yeah. That is scary. Yeah, One of exactly. the craziest things that I learned in recovery, working with dietitians, is actually about doctors. And I was fighting with my dietitian one day because that's what you do when you don't want to eat food and the dietitian's making you, right? <laughs> so I'm fighting with my dietitian and she goes, and I'm telling her like, okay, you're one doctor. Like you're one person. I've seen so many doctors my whole life who have told me to eat less. And now you're the one person telling me to eat more. I gotta listen to you. You, you know what you're talking about? And she goes, Alyssa, do you know how many nutrition classes doctors take? And I went, no, they're doctors. I'm assuming it's a lot. She's like, yeah, no, they take a nutrition class, mm -hmm. right? Versus dietitians, right? right? Study nutrition. So I did shut up a little bit after that. I said, okay, but I'm going to take a step back. And, but it's and... true though. It's true. It, it's you... You really do have to kind of take a step back and look at like which doctor is actually telling you this. Um, Maria, if you don't mind me sharing, like I went to the doctor with you a couple of weeks ago and ortho who was like, and who didn't, who literally did. He, he mentioned Ozempic, he mentioned weight loss surgery. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're an ortho. Where is your experience with this? Like, where is your, like, how many classes did you take on this? Like, I mean, and I know that was so frustrating for you. Right. And we can do a whole episode on, on medical trauma. Oh, yeah, we can. I, mean, I think our was... biggest takeaway from that was you specifically looked him in the face and you said, you don't know anything about this. And he said, you're right. So why are you prescribing that? Like, why are you saying that? Or that? holding like, off what? your treatment until compliance. Right. Which I think is really right. scary. You're not 100%. treat somebody because you just, no. Right. It, it won't work. Or where he's willingly telling you, oh, well, it's it's dangerous to put you under anesthesia, but we'll happily put you under an anesthesia for, for weight loss surgery. Yeah. So crazy. That's a whole other episode in and of itself. Not um, only that, but to not ask if I've ever been under anesthesia prior or to say, like, how did you do? Like, how did that go? Did I just have my wisdom teeth taken out not even a week ago and they had to put me under for that? Guess who's awake? <laughs> <laughs> the assumptions Guess are wild. It's, <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. So, like, the audacity. 100%. And I think, like, to even just wrap up with me and, and the medicine, you know, I, I, my doctor did send me a new medication. I'm not going to share the name of that because I don't want it to go right, missing. Right. But literally, <laughs> the day I received that new medication, Ozempic got delivered from Amazon to me. So now I have a back stock in case I can't get the Ozempic again. 
Um, and I actually ended up taking it when it came in. I looked, I looked at Billy and I said, my husband, and I said, well, do I wait? Cause I know it's going to make me sick, but if I wait longer than it's really going to make me sick, like, what do I do? It was Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I think you got to take it. And I said, here we go. Yeah. And yeah, I spent the holidays not feeling good yeah. because I, I had to readjust my whole body to get back on it. And it's just so frustrating. Yeah. So, you know, just to listeners and viewers, um, I think that's really why we wanted to talk about this. You know, yeah. like I'm coming from the standpoint of someone who was medically benefiting from it for my A1C yeah. and then yeah. couldn't get my hands on it because it is a fad diet trend right now. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think, sorry, go ahead. I, I do think that's important to say, like these medicines do have a place. They do serve people. Yes. My sister's on it for her A1C and she had a, a long time of having trouble um, keeping that steady and it's working for her. Um, but a lot of the conversation around Ozempic and so on is really not about the medical use in that sense. It is looking at weight loss as the medical benefit and that gets tricky and it gets complicated, especially as we talk about it in the fat plus size community, as we have different feelings about health, as we have different feelings about if fatness is a problem to be solved, mm. all of those things, right? And um, so we want to talk about all those complications. And I do, I, I think we all want to preface this conversation with the understanding that there are mixed feelings. There are, even within the four of us, there yeah. are mixed feelings. Um, there are there are complicated feelings. It is very complicated. It is multi-layered. And we, we want to make sure that everybody understands that we... We are not against anybody who chooses to alter their body in any way, whether that's through weight loss drugs, through weight loss surgery, through anything. We're, we're all for bodily autonomy. Do what you want to do with your body all day long, whatever makes you happy. Um, we're specifically discussing the, the narrative around Ozempic, what, what's being fed to us, what's being marketed to us um, both outside our community and inside our community. Mm -hmm. um, the, the negative backlash we're seeing um, towards our community who have been using it, people, the negative backlash that we're seeing for not using it, mm -hmm. um, and honestly, so many million things in between. Um, but understanding this is a very complicated topic. Um, you know, it's, yeah. as you said, like, we all have different feelings about it, but I even have different feelings about it within myself, yeah. right? I said last night as we were talking about this, if someone came to me two years ago and said, hey, take this shot to lose weight, I'd been like, stick it in me anywhere you want. I did take a shot to lose weight. I, in 2013, um, I remember because it was the year my sister got married, I was taking the, it was the skinny me diet and it was the skinny me HCG, which is like the pregnancy hormone. Um, and I was taking that, I was giving myself injections every single day and oh. eating 500 calories a day. And it wasn't like 500 calories. Oh, you can have one cheeseburger. No, it was no, no butter, no fat, no oil, like no, no dairy, like nothing. And I was basically eating lettuce and chicken. Um, Oof. and I was essentially I was essentially starving myself. I was I had this little notebook where I was like, oh, I had a sugar-free Red Bull. That's 10 calories. Okay, I had a I had iceberg lettuce with tomatoes and boiled chicken. That's 
300 calories. Okay, I've only got 200 left for dinner. Yeah, and of course I lost weight. Of course I lost so much weight very quickly. But then as soon as I ate a cracker and stopped giving myself the shots, it all came back, right? Right. So I absolutely, I was someone who took the shots for, an, I mean, it's not Ozempic, but like I did. I was very much that person a long time ago who was like, oh, you're selling me the end of my problems, the solution to being, to no longer being fat. You're fixing fat for me. And that is the narrative they're still selling is that we are a problem to be fixed. Yeah. And, and let's think about this. Like, I'm sure all of us, you know, when I was probably 13 or 14, my family physician put me on Phentermine. Um, you might have heard it as Fenfen. I think a lot of fat young people have been put on this. It gave me heart palpitations and would basically like speed. Um, and then I was also suggested weight loss surgery when I was probably oh. 16, 17. And this is someone who's had weight loss surgery. But I think about like what kind of decision making could I make at 16, 17 for the rest of of my life that a doctor was trying to push me towards but also weight loss surgery at that time was a newer thing way more complications even though there still are complications now and again a doctor asking me to take that medical leap at 17 years old and i think that's what is scary because a lot of again fat people haven't had these conversations where there are other perspectives I think a lot of people have been brought up to listen to their doctor, to trust everything from their doctor. And depending on who your doctor is, they might not ask questions like your ortho. They might not gather information and then help you come to a decision or give you options. They might just have, here's the easy popular thing. And we have no idea to what extent they get incentives for these things or whatever, right? But because, because the ease of talking people into this, to getting them to be compliant, to putting off issues until this one thing is uh, looked at, and the pressures that fat people feel to do so, because it is presented to us like, well, why wouldn't you? As if it's not, again, a major medical decision that alters your body, um, it, it just, you become non-compliant in their eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And with non-compliance will become a, well, we're not going to help you or do these things for you because you are now literally a problem in my office you know yeah Yeah. going back to what you were saying about just you know these things were very very new very you know there's not a lot of tests for them there's not a lot of information it's almost like fat people don't matter as much as the others yeah so it's like we're one step above lab rats (laughs) And that's the sad truth. It's like, oh, you guys, you don't contribute to society. You're a burden. All these things. So it's like, your life doesn't matter as much. So if I were to go under anesthesia for weight loss surgery and I happen to die, hello. Risk, the risk, risk was worth it. Reward. Yeah. And the ortho literally said that to you. The risk to versus reward. Yeah. The risk versus benefit. Yeah. When because I, I specifically asked him because he, he he literally said to you that that you know the questioning about the anesthesia for for you know doing anything to help you with your knee and he, and then immediately like within the same breath it's like but weight loss surgery and so when we questioned him on that he literally said well the risk versus benefit so yeah 
who's benefit? Who's benefit? Who's benefit? So my life isn't worth it as a fat person. Like it's not as worthy as somebody who's in a thinner body. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. That makes yeah. me so angry. Mm-hmm. It makes me so angry. And it's again, as I flip over this table. <laughs> Again, we will do we will do a whole episode on on medical trauma, medical trauma and and weight stigma in in the medical industry. But um, I can recommend having an emotional support dog <laughs> at your um, your doctor's appointments if you need one. I am available. Um, because no, I'm, for real, like I'm not having somebody else there who can advocate for you in moments where. You are flabbergasted. You're taken back by what was just said to you. You're taking a moment to process, and she's already caught it. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a game changer. Like, for real. Take your friends. Take somebody who understands you and can help. Someone who will literally go, dude, come on. (laughs) And don't be afraid to walk out. Don't be afraid to walk away. You owe them nothing. Especially not a handshake at the end. Nope. We're looking so, at you, Doc. Yeah. We're looking at so, you. <laughs> you a, a, after you've been kicked so many times, you you don't owe them any more decency. And you don't have to, that's not me saying that you need to be rude or aggressive or, but you also don't owe them kindness. Kindness, right. They, they refuse to show right. you kindness. Yeah. Yeah. So did I say, nah, I'm good. We're, we're done here. And he tried to shake my hand and I said, no, thank you. I don't think I owe you that. You definitely don't owe him anything. I was beaming at you. Good. It's like, that's my girl. Yes. Because I didn't owe him a handshake no, after all that. No, you didn't. Because, again, and the, didn't treat the, you. the overarching no. theme of all of it is treat us like human beings. And we'll treat like human beings right back. And, and I think, uh, we may be going off topic here, but like, yeah, a we've, we've, <laughs> We've, we've experienced a lot this week. We've experienced a lot since we started this podcast and, mm. and we've experienced a lot of gaslighting since we started this podcast as well of like saying some very vile and horrific things to us. And then if we dare to respond, <laughs> we get, God, why are fat girls so angry? Why are you so angry? And that's when I'm like, I want to flip the table because it's like, what? Excuse me? Excuse me? And it's so like, we can't treat them the way that they treat us god forbid because then we're just the angry fat girls um i mean it's literally like this it's like little kitty paw just pushing you closer and closer to the edge yeah and then all of a sudden they're like bink and you fall (laughs) and then they're like what happened why are you like this you're so aggressive why did she she... oh don't come at me i love the demonstration yeah the demonstration was good it's just it's in my mind yes you guys took you up you guys saved me, but it just, the whole angry fat women, like, give me a break. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, I'm not angry. I spoke up for myself and you didn't like it. Yeah. When a, when a fat woman speaks up for herself, she's rude. She's confrontational. When anybody else speaks up for themselves, how can I help you today? You're so brave. What's ailing you it today? It was so brave. I need y'all to save out. y'all's rage for the next oh, podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is We've for the next episode. We've really lost our topic. I'm so sorry. Let's go back to Ozampic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I you did. You hear it though, right? No, I really don't. Is <laughs> that even when we say it? Say, okay. I mean, I hear you saying it funny, but I don't hear a difference. Ozampic. We're not going back Ozampic. to this. Ozampic. No, see, you're just saying it funny. Yeah. 
It's an okay. E versus an A, but it's okay. Injectable weight loss. Let's go. Okay. So I became aware of of what I'm about to share. Um, I, I'm pretty sure someone can fact check me, but I'm pretty sure it was close to uh, Eating Disorder Awareness Week last year, 2023. So we're coming up on Eating Disorder Awareness a Week again for 2024 in um, February. Uh, but this was last year. So almost a full year ago, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with new guidelines for treating childhood, quote unquote, obesity with extreme weight loss measures like medication, bariatric surgery for children as young as 12 and 13 years old. Do you know when which that you, will affect their hormone level? Uh, their no, no, no. I, I actually have this statistic here. A study was published on January 25th of 2023 um, that shows that bad bariatric surgery increases the risk of suicide in young people ages 18 to 24 by 5%. Damn. By 5%. And it's just it's just because they're fat. Yeah. Oh my God. I like, I and again, remember, I know we've all had the experiences of being that young kid at the doctor's office and being, sh- feeling shameful for your weight. And we will dive into that. I really want to keep us focused on the extreme measures. And I just think it is so crazy that we are now looking at literal children and we're telling them you're fat and you need to, we're going to do surgery to, to make you not fat. A, I want to interject with a point here that I may, I may yeah, feel sorry, like I need to upset. walk back. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm, I may need to walk this one back. So just bear with me. This is not, I love the entire LGBTQ plus community. Did, not direction I thought you were going to oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I'm, I'm concerned I am, I am part of the LGBTQ plus community. Okay. I love them. All the things. The rage the rage towards the LGBTQ plus community and, and our, our sentiment that everybody should be able to um, get gender affirming care mm. from a young age, right? There's so much rage from a specific group of people. I don't think we need to name them. Um, it's red, but um, um, there's so much rage and like, oh, well, they, they shouldn't be allowed to alter their bodies before they're 18. They mm. shouldn't be allowed. They, they that, that, that does so much damage. That does so much damage to a child. Where's the outrage for the doctors that are literally telling children to cut their bodies, to cut, to, oh. to alter their organs for weight loss. For a, for a look. For a look. For a look. For a look. Right. So again, so I, that's why I, I don't know if I'm wording it correctly. I don't know if I'm saying it appropriately. I don't know if I'm tiptoeing around it carefully enough. It's nothing against the LGBTQ plus community. No, it doesn't reflect oh, no, your it's, it's not only them. It's more so. Yeah. It's You're more just so... saying if everyone's so upset about, about gender affirming care, yeah, yeah. right. Then where's the upset about this, about something that is, that is related to the way you look and, and changing your body. So well, well I do want to, I do want to say that like, if I were to hear that, I would say people don't per, like put you into weight loss surgery just for your look. And I certainly didn't pick that for myself just for my aesthetic look. Um, so I, I do think that that decision is much more complicated, but what I will say is it is 
cutting off part of your organs. And you do go through a large period of malnutrition. And depending on what surgery you pick, you're picking one that could result in malnutrition for the rest of your life. And you're choosing to supplement yourself with vitamins. And I don't feel like someone as a child can make that decision for themselves. But what's funny is I don't feel like a child should make that decision. But I am in favor of gender affirming care. I am too. 100%. But I just feel like we really need to task doctors. Like, again... If the doctor's doing it because they're a large child, right? Literally, it's based on their weight or their BMI or something. What's happening there, right? And I think that's the thing is most often when doctors are talking about people getting weight loss, it's not because anything else is going on in their bodies that they are attributing the the need to. It is literally because of the amount of weight on their body. But also the BMI is inherently racist. Oh, yeah. So. It's, well, and it's, it's just a, it's another way of saying your weight to body ratio. Right? So it's a, still literally how much is on, your, on yeah. your body. It's also yeah. incorrect. It's not supposed to be used for individuals. It was made for an entire population. It was not made for individuals. It, we'll do, we can do a whole other episode on that. But it, it is just, it is, it is wild to me that it's, that it's just like, we're, 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 we're telling kids, we're telling kids that they're a problem to fix. Their bodies are a problem to fix when they're not even like, they haven't gone through puberty. They haven't like, they don't even have a chance. They don't even have a chance to not think poorly about their bodies. Well, like, but what, that isn't it, like the thing, like you, you grow your bones till like, you're like, I don't know, 20 something, you know, like you don't want to take away your calcium and such. And the main thing that gets affected whenever you have weight loss surgery is your calcium, your teeth, your bones, etc. Like, Yikes! Yikes! Not only that, but at such a young age, you haven't even been given the opportunity to learn learn any tools to like go on in life. Like, have you taken a nutrition class? I don't think I took one until what being a freshman, like ninth grade, maybe. And even then, it was health class that was just mixed in with all this other nonsense, and it wasn't actually like anything worthwhile. (laughs) So, like. Yeah. What tools have they been given to even go down a healthy lifestyle? And if I think about any of the advice that I got as a kid, it was eat less, run more. Oh. Right. And that was it. Right. So, you know. Calories in, calories out. Calories in, out. calories out, right? I mean, I didn't even hear that and, until it, I was... Well, yeah, not until I was It was, was go outside and play. Yeah. It was just move your body, move your body, move your body. And and I I think what that all boils down to, and I think we could go on for so long about our feelings about how about all of this but I think what it all boils down to is that touting these miracle drugs or these miracle uh surgeries or these miracle fixes is exactly that is that they're treating us as a problem to fix that we are to be I don't want to say eradicated, but like, that's how it feels. It, that, that's how it feels to me. It feels to me. And especially with that article I saw sometime last year, or maybe it was during COVID. I don't know it's, that it was literally it like, let's get rid of obesity forever. And it's like, worst thing is the obesity epidemic like generation. The worst you know, like thing you can be is fat. The worst possible thing you can be to them is fat. So you are a problem to fix. And it's like, none of us are, I can at least speak for myself. And I feel like none of us really feel like we started living our lives until we realized that we weren't a problem to fix. I mean, I'm still a problem, but there's no fix in me. You're a menace. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you have a problem all over your faces. <laughs> I, 
I even just want to say some different verbiage to that too, because I, I don't know if I resonate with like a problem to be fixed, but I just realized that my whole existence didn't need to be around shrinking mm-hmm. and that I could just exist, right? Like I feel like sometimes for fat people, plus size people, whatever your um, comfortable word choice is, is, is that you're, you need to improve yourself. But how do you improve yourself? Well, right. It's not about, we don't have the same opportunities as other people in that, oh, improve yourself, like maybe learn a new skill, like take up a new craft, like get better at what you do, like learn all these different things. Yeah, none of that matters. It's always your physicality. Yes. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Like so beautifully, I think in our first episode, or one of our first episodes where it was that, you know, even even as little girls, you know, yeah. all the other little girls were being taught, you can be a ballerina, you can be an astronaut, you can be the president. Mm. And we were taught, one day you could be smaller. Yeah, you can lose weight. You can lose weight. One day you can be Then pretty. maybe you can dream bigger. Yeah. But you have to start here. You can dream bigger as long as you get smaller. It's kind of like our game board of life. Yeah. And everyone else is starting up here at the start and ours is way back here. And we have to go through all of this just even get to the same point as everyone else had. I am getting emotional. But no no I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you listening, they all just rubbed my shoulders and I (laughs) I felt very uncomfortable. Um no I'm I'm getting I'm getting emotional because I know I'm trying to I'm trying to I think I get really upset because we don't it's not that I want people to be fat right I I feel like so I feel like when we do fat positive things like this people are like you're glorifying it you want everyone to be fat like you want them to eat themselves to the weight, which is, you can't even do that. Thank you. Did not, we did not eat ourselves to fat. Um, but what I really, really want to, to say is I want everyone to live a happy, healthy life in the body they have. And healthy, my definition to be so specifically clear for healthy means you are eating three meals a day. You're honoring your hunger cues. You have snacks if you get hungry. You ha- you actively move your body in ways that feel good and that you have energy to like live a happy life, right? And I feel so frustrated because I feel like that's what, what diet culture like preaches is like if you do all of this, you'll lose your weight, then you'll be able to achieve that. Yeah. And they, and, and, and it's, it's, the whole diet culture industry just profits off of people in larger bodies or people in bodies they don't like hating themselves. And and for doctors to, to buy into that and to look at someone and say, this medication will just help you be smaller, right? Yeah. And then and then and then you'll be healthy. No, no. I met plenty of small people who were not healthy. Right. Right? I just, I just, I feel like that's why this episode is so difficult, right? Like, we're not sitting here as fat, happy people saying we want everyone to be fat and happy. I, 
Well, I want everyone who is fat to be fat and happy. And well, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with being fat, and I don't want, I don't want it to come across as like we're also not encouraging to be fat. If you want to, if if you get to exist how you exist, exactly. You don't owe anyone health, and that's not. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go I ahead. just I'm. I get a little bit triggered, and this is nothing against you. I get a little bit triggered when I hear. It's like it's always been paired like, well, you can be, but as long as you're healthy. No, because like, that's why I, I specifically said my definition of even health. The, know, even right? the three meals a day thing. Because I don't, right, I don't eat three meals a day. I, yeah. I really don't. And people look I at me. I get why that's a benchmark for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But people look at me and think that all I do is eat all day long, right? People looked at my father who was at one point in his life like nearly 700 pounds and thought all he did was eat all day long. And he didn't. And he didn't, but that's what people assume, right? But no, I don't eat three meals all day. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, I do get very triggered by, well, you can be, but as long as you're healthy. And so I appreciate you defining what that means for you, but I'm very much on, on, on how does it look like one thing? Yeah. Whatever that looks like to you. And if you don't want to move your body and you don't want this, you don't want that, you don't owe that to anyone i your worth is not based on how healthy it's not it's you, you don't are. owe a size a a a heart rate a uh fucking anything to anybody in order to feel happy we all are entitled to happiness and that is in and of itself i think the problem with the weight loss industry and it's selling happiness it's I, selling happiness in the form of a smaller body yeah and I can tell you, Sorry. as someone who has lost an amount of weight in the last two years, um, there are areas in which my life has changed, and I do not subscribe any of my happiness changes to be based on my body. Um, my happiness changes have been about getting more friends and having a better social network. Um, dating has been horrendous at all my sizes. <laughs> No man has been more or less attracted to me based on the body I have currently <laughs> compared to previously. No man has treated me with more respect than my body previously. Uh, men, do better, do better, do better. Um, but, but what I will say, and this is, I think, why it can be so enticing to get on these, is I am seen as a compliant fat person now. And my doctors don't go to war with me because they see me as having already taken steps, right? I get more praise and acceptance from my parents. And that can really affect you mentally, all right? When people congratulate you, when people say good job, and it is based on the way your body looks compared to your previous iteration it can really F with your head. And no wonder so many people want to do that. You're going to get congratulated all day. You're going to be seen as the good fatty. You're going to get the kudos. And if you are feeling in a fat body like you're not getting acceptance, like people are ignoring your attributes, yeah, guess one way of really easily attaining it, getting smaller. And I think that's F'd up. And we have to call the bluff on it. We have to say that's not right. Absolutely. And it's funny, not funny, but like I also, and this is not something that I've addressed at all. um, And I think this is a perfect launching point into 
influencer internal community okay um so getting oh. into um the marrying the the topic of ozempic into uh, online community our our online presence um all of our experience with online influencers um something that i have hesitated is discussing um that i have lost a significant amount of weight unintentionally and and to hear you like your experiences with doctors and how they're treating you better and all this stuff i feel so unseen and unheard by my doctors because i'm showing up and saying hey in a very short amount of time i've lost a significant amount of weight my hair is falling out can we please see if there's something wrong and i'm just getting congratulations mm -hmm. congratulations you look great you're doing amazing sweetie and i'm like i'm not well well yeah. something is wrong um so yeah so my so my doctors are literally like congratulating me when i'm like could we could you check maybe yeah. um just to make sure um and and it's like if i were to address it i would have to say i i would have to say like you know okay well you know my uh my method of weight loss was I lost my dad. I went through a divorce. I am not in a preferred living situation. I, my life has been so stressful over the last two years that I think that's why I lost a significant amount of weight. Um, but yeah, I did ask my doctors to check in on it and they're just like, nah, you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing great. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I, I do want to talk about kind of online presence. We're going to talk about reception to our uh, podcast in another episode. But it was interesting because in the comments to that video, a lot of people were like, well, that one girl has had either a GLP-1 or has had weight loss surgery. So she's doing something and her, her rhetoric or her the way she's saying isn't matching what she's doing. And I think it's really interesting that we expect people to if they have had anything, if they are doing anything that alters their body, we then expect them to turn and only think of fatness as bad. Um, and in turn, also think everyone else should do exactly what they did. Um, I will never have that ego. I think anyone who has that kind of ego and view of life needs to get checked real fast. Real fast. Um, but also health is such a personal thing. Like, how in the world like I will I have chosen not to talk about it much because a I never want to put out weight loss conversations um there's plenty of it online find it every corner you can find it at but also it is a tough thing for me to navigate for myself and how I feel about weight and my choices and how my choices affect other people I'm aware that like some people had to unfollow me or not see my content because it was triggering to them. Mm -hmm. I'm aware that what I do affects others and it is totally possible to make choices for yourself and not become a jerk on the internet to other fat people. And one of the things that often gets circulated in these online spaces is like, oh, if you lose weight, then the fatties will turn against you because you are proving them right that at some point in life, you're going to choose to lose weight, right? Like that's the narrative. And I have not had one single person that is a public fat person be mean, rude, dismiss me because my body has changed. 
um, they are only going to speak up if what you end up saying is harmful to other fat people. And it is sad to see fat people who are at this point getting like recognition for being good fatties, who are at this point being recognized as like, well, you're doing something about it. So we're not going to go after you, right? Because the worst thing is a fat person is just happy and like staying as they are. Um, it is sad to see those people not be able to recognize when they're being harmful. And I think we all have to think like we can, we, we contribute to others. We, we affect others, especially if we have a large platform and how hard is it to say, sorry, like how hard is it to say, I did this thing for myself or I think this about myself, but I recognize that's a harmful idea towards others. Or I need to think about the way I think about my own body. Cause I didn't realize how harmful it was. I just think people need to have more conscious awareness of the community at large. I'm going back to Go something yeah. that you said and and something that you mentioned and something that you said before. And I don't think it's important to the podcast, but it is important for me to say, which is, no, no, which is, I agree that you don't owe anyone health. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe you owe it to yourself. And I think that's because we've been told to do so many things to our body to change it that aren't healthy, right? I think it's unhealthy to count calories in and make sure you're burning the same amount off. I think that's, I think that's dangerous, right? I think you owe it to yourself to nourish yourself the way you need to and, and move your body the way you need to in order to be happy, right? For you. And I think that's, really important. I don't think you owe anyone an explanation. I even said this last night, you know, that I was going to start this podcast by saying why I'm taking Ozempic, just Ozempic. I caught it that time. (laughs) (laughs) I started it by saying the diagnosis the doctor gave to me just for transparency, right? Because I don't want it to be like, oh, you're just, you're using it for weight loss type of thing when it's specifically... You know, I don't owe that to anyone. And I knew that you guys even reminded me last night that I don't owe anyone my reasoning. Right. So. So, yeah, I just want to clarify that. I do want to clarify that because because I think everyone is worthy as they are and should invest in themselves. However, that looks. Can you reframe it that you believe that you owe it to yourself? What did I say instead? ourselves that we that everybody owes health to themselves for your for collectively that nobody owes their health to anyone else but everyone owes their health to themselves i do think everyone needs to take care of themselves the way they think they need to take care of themselves i think that's a better way to frame it i I don't think that looks the same on everyone absolutely right but i i do every i do believe that everyone needs to take care of themselves the way that they need to and sometimes for me, that's rotting on the couch for a day. Absolutely. Right? And like Absolutely. dissociating or reading my book. And sometimes it looks like all of us going out and doing something fun, right? Like yeah. honoring what you need in order to. I think the problem here is is the Tell word me. health. Yes. It, so health is so, it's pushed at us so much. 100%. It looks exactly like this. You have to do X, Y, Z to be healthy. Correct. I so disagree. I think that's the trouble right here. Yes. It's just that word. It has so many connotations, Correct. especially for all of us. Yeah, because when I hear like you owe it to yourself, I'm like, do I owe it to myself to go to the doctor? Do I owe it to myself? Yes. To, you know, like, do I owe it to myself to go for a walk? Do I owe? So then it starts. It does, it's the guilt. Me, it does. It starts these connotations in my head of like, okay, so 
am I not being good to myself if I don't move my body? Am I not being good to myself if I don't do this sometimes or, or maybe never or whatever? And so I think for me personally, all I'm, I owe myself happiness and whatever that looks like for, for me. Sure. For sure. I know the word healthy is triggering when I hear other people say it in a, you know, at work, like at the YMCA, I'm like, I know you have a different meaning of that word that I have created for myself. Right. So that's why I want to be really specific. I think it's what it is to you. Right. The same thing with self-care. Self-care looks different for everybody. And some people that's the bubble bath, champagne and face masks. Yeah. And for others, it's the laying in a quiet, dark room and not socializing for a little bit. You I know? think Maria's right, though. I think it's because that word has been weaponized against us. Yes, for sure. But it's so nuanced that it is. it, it really it can be such a triggering word for our own community yeah. that it's it, absolutely, you feel however you want to feel about it. I don't think I will ever really be comfortable saying, like, oh, you owe health to yourself. I just want you to be happy. It's the marketing of all of it. It is. It is. And if and if everybody accepted health the way that you accept health, I would absolutely be like, you owe it to yourself to be healthy. But I yeah. 100% just cannot subscribe because it's so weaponized against us. Yeah. That it's, well, that's why when you're even saying, like, do I need to go to the doctor? I'm like, well, I want you to go to the doctor, right? Because you deserve to check in on yourself. Right. But like, I also then know that there's different experiences. Right. Right. Like, I don't I don't want you to be in that environment. Yeah. Right. You deserve to have good, compassionate health care. And I think that's the difference like almost between like owing and then deserving to me. And maybe it's even that verb, you know, like you deserve to have support to have to lead a healthy life. And again, healthy. I don't really know. You know, a.k.a. you deserve to have a home that you can yeah. thrive in. <laughs> You deserve to have a place to be peaceful in. You deserve to have food. You deserve to have water. You deserve, you know, and so I I almost feel like you deserve to have a a compassionate doctor who listens. You deserve to be able to seek multiple medical um, possibilities for one problem versus being told one one option or not, you know. And those are things, and so I don't necessarily know. Yeah, I think think it's interesting that language does elicit so many responses because it shows how much our experiences and then also what we've heard about fat people and there will be a little bit of a lot of it resistance defense you know because we know how often those things are weaponized against us for sure i i straight up ask people now sometimes what does that mean when they say it what does that mean because if you're saying the same thing okay i hear that right if you if that is you want someone to honor their hunger cues take care of like take care of their physical and emotional needs. They go, right, they do therapy if they need it. I think that's great. I think that is to a definition of health. Yeah. I don't think it's diet culture or anything. That's not my definition of right. health. Yeah. Right, right? Yeah. But some people that is their definition of health. Exactly. Is it okay if we talk about like the influencers and yeah. GLP-1 stuff? Yeah, I do think that's where so we So I wanna, I wanna talk about how a lot of people on, in my circles that I follow on Instagram and TikTok and so on, tend to, I tend to follow a lot of people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s who write or create content about living in a plus size body. And a lot of them are fashion focused. Um, and that's how I kind of got into plus size communities through a fashion following. I found fashion blogs, etc. Um, one of the things I think it's interesting is that a lot of influencers now are using GLP-1s, which is not surprising because 
This has become a more popular, common medication that people are using. And so we're seeing people lose weight. And there is this push-pull of, like, do you need to tell? Do you need to disclose, you know, how you're losing weight to your audience? And we can talk about that. But also, what's interesting is I didn't realize how many influencers were being propositioned or, or talked to about influencing, about marketing GLP-1s. Um, so... And are you included in that? I have actually not. Uh, well, it's possible I've gotten them. I just haven't seen them because I am bad about checking that email. But I have not gotten emails asking me to do a GLP-1. I have, funnily enough, gotten emails asking if I want to have weight loss surgery and advocated that. And I'm like, man, you can't cut any more off. I won't have any left, okay? Because, um, again, I've had weight loss surgery. Um, so... That is interesting, but that but I hadn't had the weight loss surgery thing even till this last year. Yeah. So it's interesting to get marketed to do these medical procedures and or medications and then share it out from an influencer perspective, especially because, again, a lot of people I follow have been doing so from a uh, plus-size fashion perspective. But um, there is an influencer um, content creator named Sarah Chihuahua, and I actually met Sarah. I've met her, I think, in New York at a couple of different plus-size fashion events. And then she attended Fat Camp with me through Fat Girls Traveling twice. So I've gotten to spend more intimate time in, in Fat Camp, which was amazing. Fat Camp's a fat oh, positive so space, bad. not a uh, body-shrinking site. But she posted a, a video on Instagram and TikTok talking about the fact that there's a reason we're seeing more influencers discussing GLP-1s, and it's because they're getting paid to do so. So I'm going to play that really quick for us. If you're part of the plus size body positive community online, you might feel like lately everyone's trying to sell weight loss to you as a body positive thing. And let me just tell you, you are not wrong. This is just one of many emails I've gotten recently trying to make me, a body positive plus size blogger, sell semaglutide, which is Ozempic. Wigovi, Manjaro, etc. I've been specifically targeted because I am a plus size blogger and because I'm body positive. They're doing that because they want to take the trust that we've built in our communities. They want to take the trust of, of what we've done over the years and they want to use that to sell you the idea that your body is bad. It honestly makes me sick to see people doing it, but please know it is not true. It is not a change in what the reality is. Your body is good enough right now exactly as it is. And just because some people are taking these big checks doesn't mean that is not real. Please remember that. Yes. Yeah, one of the things that I thought was interesting in her post, especially the email that she shared, is that... I'm what? so sorry. There was just... <laughs> <laughs> what you guys totally missed it there was like this vile <laughs> just, no and it wasn't like running it was like flailing <laughs> we do have a nice view i actually kind of like it thanks yeah but he was like no like running down the <laughs> oh he might give us a tiktok idea watch out young fella no. me and maria couldn't contain it see i've gotten that exact email okay exact email yeah i think it's interesting because it says are you interested in any paid collaborations with premier med spas or aesthetic clinics so this is separate from your doctor it's a med spa Uh, i go to a med spa sometimes to get botox in my face all right so this is what we're thinking of in terms of their offerings i haven't had it in a while so (laughs) the wrinkles are wrinkling um but also what's happened is weight watchers has rolled out a new program where they do the weight watchers clinic and they actually just had a, a, a brand trip with influencers 
to come to the the clinic and are also going to be promoting GLP ones. And so here's Sorry, like the tr- here's so a, here's a, here's where it's it's so complicated, right? Because again, we just talked about how GLP ones do are have a purpose. They're on the market for a reason, and yet what we're seeing is brands noticing the slice of that pie that they want in for profits, right? And they're engaging influencers who have a large demographic of plus size fat followers. Oof. Here's here's where I want to cut in. So again, we we understand that this is very complicated and that there are many different sides to this and all of those things. Um, so there there is a handful of influencers who have taken these medications, who have publicly um, addressed that they've taken these medications, and we want to a hundred percent say what we've said I think a million times. We have no issue with anyone who with anyone doing anything to to change or alter their body because. 100%. It's a complicated system we're navigating. It is your body, and yeah. you get to do what you want with it, okay? Um, I cut off half my stomach. I cut off 80% of my stomach. Who am I to say anything? my issue is that there is a handful of influencers who, now that they've taken the drug and are now in a smaller body, have somewhat turned their backs on the fat community in a way to be like, we're not with them. We were never with them. When they've built their platform on the backs of fat girls, they've, they've went through affiliate links, through partnerships with plus size brands, through building their following off of girls like us who follow them because we had something in common with them. Um, I'm not, I don't have a problem with them for getting smaller. Not at all. I have a problem because of the superiority complex that I see coming out now. And there's very much a tone of, well, they, like you said, oh, well, you know, I'm getting so much hate because I'm smaller now. No, that's not it at all. Again, you're smaller. I'm smaller. There, there are people that I, I have, that I follow that have gotten, that have taken it and who haven't been outwardly disrespectful to the community that they that they profit from. I'm sorry, but that they profit from. Um, but there are there are some that are that are specifically just you know I'm I'm not with them. I'm I'm so much better now. I'm so much better than them. And it's that attitude that is really. It feels so harmful, and it feels almost like a betrayal. Um, and I know. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> just, I know that that, um, I know that that in and of itself is a nuance because, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, we, sure, when, when a plus size celebrity, you know, loses weight and we're like, oh man, you know, yes. Okay. There is, for me personally, there is a little bit of like, oh man, you know, Adele's so skinny now. Again, nothing against Adele. I love her so much, but we don't have that much representation. So, there, again, there's I love- a feeling of loss, and I think we did navigate that right. And I, I know probably for people who followed me when I was sharing mostly content size twenty six plus, 
there's a, I'm literally a loss of a resource for them because I was showing yeah. them, you know, lots of clothing that could fit up to size 32, et cetera. You can, that loss is real and it, it is felt. And I don't deny that to anybody. I even feel that way now when, when I'm sharing outfits that I'm, I'm in a smaller size and I'm, I'm not, like you said, I'm not necessarily the same resource that I used to be, or I'm able to shop from brands that, you know, they stop at a 2X, 3X, where before I was a 4X, 5X. And so now I, so I completely understand what you're saying. And it's, it is, it's all nuanced, but it's just, it's the whole, I'm not with them. Yeah. Vibe that gives me the ick. And I think, you know, one of the things I want to bring up, is, All right, one on. of the things I think is interesting is a lot of people will only put so much stuff out publicly. And that is a choice. I, again, chose not to talk about things. But what's interesting is one of the people that recently felt like she was targeted for having lost weight and for acknowledging that she is glad she's losing weight, that she feels better having lost weight, she will position it as that. Well, her DMs with another influencer were released by the other person who thought it looked good. But what it showed is that they both thought those silly people, they'll realize it when they're in their 40s. And, and that is such a gross idea. Oh. And it's the, oh, they're just lost souls. And one day they're going to be just like us going on weight loss journeys. And it's such condescending. It's condescending. It's again, I'm the good privileged influencer and you're not. You just want everyone, I don't know, in the cesspool with you or whatever that idea is, right? And... You can't hide behind that because those DMs are out there now. I saw them. I understand your true thoughts about plus size women who are telling you, hey, when you say those things bad about your body or about being fat, it hurts me. And your response is, mm, they're just jealous. And one day they'll wake up because they'll realize, you know, and I think that is such an awful thing to assume. It does show your overall view of fat people who are not actively pursuing weight loss like you are. And that is what I have a major issue you with. You never fix the problem on the inside, on the inside where you just can't love yourself no matter what. And I, that's where, that's where I think people get our message wrong. So, so, so often, I think that's what you were trying to say earlier as well. It's like, we are not sitting here telling you Everybody should be fat. Go be fat. The world should all be fat. Whatever. If you want to, that's great. Whatever. But do you. Be happy. Join us. <laughs> One of us. One of us. Oh, my God. I can't wait for that guy to take that. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but like, I, I, I cannot recover. I digress. Um, it's it's the, the sheer fact that our, what we're trying to, trying to put out there and trying to really drive home with every single one of our episodes, with everything that we do is that you are entitled to joy. You are entitled to happiness in this body, in, in, in whatever body you're in. And, and so for, for these people, these influencers, these whoever, who, who have taken on this stance of, we're not with them anymore. We're better than them. They're really, they really haven't done the work on the inside to, to understand that they are worthy and valuable 
at any size, at any, at any size, relationship status, uh, social status, financial status, whatever. We're fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, we, yeah, give us some kind of like some. We some need to stuff. summarize. We, this has been a lot for us and we need to summarize. So Alyssa. Yeah, I, this definitely was a, a, this was a difficult episode because we want to make sure that we're being careful and because we care about people's feelings. We do. We do Unlike care. a large percentage of the internet. We do care about people's feelings and we, we care that people are doing what's right for them and not what diet culture tells them they have to do. Um, and yeah, I think, I, I think it's just, it, there's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of feelings around children being prescribed weight loss surgery. There's a lot of feelings around adults being prescribed weight loss surgery and weight loss medicines and um, these extremes when we don't necessarily know the side effects. And and frankly, it doesn't feel like people care to know the side effects to fat people. So uh, difficult episode today. I'm glad we had the conversation. I think we'll continue to have the conversation. I think we're going to continue to try and navigate the trends and the fads and mm-hmm. and i mean we're soon gonna see what the long-term side effects are if if any you know of um the shots and of surgeries and and all of it and 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 there will be more trends and there will be more fads and i'm sure we'll be back at this table talking about the next magic drug you know mm-hmm. so um yeah yeah i hope we at least did justice and try to look at it from all different points of views but we are absolutely open to hearing other points of views from listeners and yeah. and continuing to learn and educate ourselves and yeah because yeah. these are these are the conversations we get to have with our friends and you might not have someone you get to sit and, and hear the ways we all make sense of this stuff yeah. so we'd love to hear more about what you're thinking in the comments yeah that's very diplomatic ladies well done thank <laughs> you we try we're and fat and to wrap it up, like she said, we're fat. We're fat. There's four of us. We're four. We're fat. We're fat. We're fat. We're friends. We're and we're friends. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. <laughs>